add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. And if these things be in you and abound, you will be neither barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Yeshua Messiah. Add to your faith virtue. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Voice of My Beloved podcast. I'm here with Boaz Sunquist this morning. Yeah. Uh, good, to, good to be with him. And uh, we're going to be going into a study and just a look at the life of Peter. And I just have been challenged recently just by his life and realizing how countercultural he was. Right. Yeah. Just how he, um, <clears throat> in that, in that world, um, and through the time that he lived, just the, the stands that he made and how he was, I just feel like he was very relatable. Um, right. Um, like to me, I feel, and uh, we see more of his failures than we do any of the other apostles. Right. And yet he's still at the end of the day, like, you know what? I, I realize I failed, but I'm going to keep coming back he, to this standard. He kept the, <laughs> he kept the goal in sight was always just always looking towards the goal and, uh, and didn't get discouraged. Yeah. And we've just come out of Hanukkah and we're, we've been inspired by the Maccabee story of not just going with the status quo Hellenism of their day. And so, yeah, I just, uh, recently have been studying about Peter and just wanted to share some of the things that I've been learning uh, with all of our listeners out there. So uh, jumping in, we see that Peter's name occurs 210 times in the New Testament. He's the most highlighted of all the apostles, actually by far. He's the most talked about apostle. Uh, his name means rock. Peter or Cephas means rock. His original name was Simon or Shimon, which is actually interesting for those that know Hebrew. Uh, Shema is actually connected to Shimon. It's the same letters in Hebrew. Yeah. And just that whole connection of he was someone that, you know, we even see him when he's called uh, on the boat, right? He just immediately leaves everything. Just he just listens and goes. And goes. Right. Yeah. There's no hesitation, it seems there. He just, he wants to go for it. He's all in. And we know he walked on water. I mean, that's incredible in itself mm -hmm. that he he had the, the want to, he had the want to, to stretch the limits. Right. It, it seems like, uh, you know, he had the choice whether he stepped out of the boat. Right. And, yeah. and yeah, he was just willing just to jump out. Yeah. Something interesting someone was sharing with me this week was, um, kind of a, a neat perspective on, on Yeshua and how he was a rabbi and how, um, his followers would have been like his, um, his disciples and, uh, his, in, in Hebrew, his Talmudim. Right. Um, and how, and how Peter would have been um, older, could have been older, about twice as old as right. all of the other disciples. And he would have been uh, setting an example um, for them and, and watching and walking um, like, like Yeshua did, like Jesus did. Right. And um, to be setting that example of of doing the exact same thing that he, he did. And so when Yeshua comes walking on the water or, or whatever he's doing, um, he's, he's trying to step out and do it. And, right. and we see him, you know, leading, you know, right. being that example. He's almost like the mentor of the disciples, right. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an interesting role. We know he's married, which gives an interesting perspective. You know, he talks about first Peter about marriage and stuff. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's speaking from experience. We know that he is the, uh, 
one of three in the inner circle of Yeshua, the other two being the sons of thunder. So I was just, as I was looking at this, I was like, wow, you know, Yeshua, he likes the intensity of these guys. You know, he's like, you three, you sons of thunder and you, and the rock there, Rocky will, uh, you'll be the, the close guys, right? With me, movers and shakers. Movers and shakers. <laughs> yeah. Reminding of that. So, uh, Galatians two, nine tells us he was a pillar in the church. So going back to the whole rock thing, he's a rock, he's a pillar in the church, which Think about it. You know, if you take the pillars out, if you take those people that are standing for truth, then the whole structure collapses. Right. And God, He really calls men and women to stand as pillars uh, to hold to hold the structure together. Right. He would have been the leader of the of the uh, believers in Jerusalem, right? The right. church, you could say, in Jerusalem. Yeah. His public ministry would have lasted about thirty years, uh, starting in Jerusalem and then actually ending in Rome, mm-hmm. where he would have been crucified. Uh, many of you probably know that he was crucified upside down. It says uh, in there's historical actually references to his death. It said he didn't want to die like his Lord Yeshua because he didn't feel worthy to die in the same way. So he actually requested, it seems, to be crucified upside down. His martyrdom would have happened around AD 66 or 68. Uh, and this would have all been surrounding the the whole thing. Nero would have been emperor of Rome at the time. And Rome burns, and then Nero blames the, the Christians. Blames it all on the Christians, on right. the believers, and and then the persecution really starts right increasing. Yeah, and then you can see, um, like like in First Peter, um, as as he's writing to the the five churches or, or the five, uh, um, I guess groups um, right. of believers and which would have been Jewish believers and Gentile believers right together. together. Um, they would have been had. They would have had, you know, persecution, somewhat mild persecution. Um, um, and verse seven, First Peter verse seven says that the trial of their faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried by, with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Yeshua Messiah. So just <clears throat> he was, um, he was, is an encourager, encouraging, right? Um, that suffering is going to happen suffering is okay right and it's going to bring out you know the the true worth it's going to bring right. out gold right and yeah and it was standing out to me too that in john where yeshua is actually telling him when you are old you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go and then it also says there in john yeshua said this to indicate the kind of death by which peter would glorify god and it was just standing out to me, this whole idea that in someone's martyrdom or in someone's death, that they could glorify God. Right. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Right. The death of his holy ones. Yeah. And so the part that I really wanted to emphasize here in this uh, podcast is just the, we look at Peter's message and over and over again, he keeps coming back to this theme of be holy, of repent, turn to God. And we know in Peter's own life, he had this turning in his heart. Mm-hmm. When, when Yeshua does the miracle of this catch out in the Sea of Galilee, the, you know, the miraculous catch of fish, Peter, he's just floored. He's, he's just totally overwhelmed. And he falls down at the feet of Yeshua and says, leave me for I'm a sinful man. He has this moment where he realizes that he's in the presence of someone that he, you know, so great, so awesome. And he's like, I, I'm, I'm a sinful man. And I, so he has the, his own moment of turning. And there's a few moments we see in the life of Peter where he's, he's turning back to God. And, and he, so he calls himself, I believe, to that. And then he's calling others as well. 
to repent, to turn to God. Yeah, calling. <clears throat> you just feel this this uh, call to to like come out to be separate. Um, back to First Peter two, um, he uh, he calls these these the churches elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and um, sanctified or set apart. Right. Um, like you know, just that. And, and for the Gentile believers, um, that they, that as, as soon as basically, as soon as they came, became believers, um, they were, they were strangers. Basically they were strangers where they were, even though they were, even though they were, um, from there, even, right. even if they grew up there their whole lives, right. immediately they were, they were from a different place. You right. Say they they became their citizenship all of a sudden switched. Right. <laughs> and part of the kingdom of God. And so that that calling that calling out. Um, yeah. You, you feel that call. Peter's making that call. And I think too, just thinking about uh, some of our listeners out there may be familiar with the term Decapolis, which would have been ten Roman cities in the region up in northern Israel, and these cities would have been very pagan. And right. Peter, having grown up in Galilee area, I'm sure he would have been surrounded by a lot of just Hellenism and, mm -hmm. you know, Greek Roman culture, which was very unholy. And so he's calling people and let's just take a look at a few of these verses we see here in Acts 240. He says with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. We see this with Peter. He's a very much of a pleader he's he's someone that's like please do you realize what's at stake here he's someone that's very in some ways i see him as a as a convincing person right. as well because we see the the message he preaches in acts 240 there three thousand people respond to it right. he, he had a lot of passion there and he's calling people saying please flee from this uh from the wrath to come in a right. sense you know like there's 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 judgment coming on wickedness and you've got to turn turn to god yeah he just his he speaks a very relatable um moving message yeah and it, it just really comes through as he as he makes himself um he doesn't he doesn't lift himself you know up and in a prideful way at all he just um you he really people identify are able to identify with him and to relate to the message that he's he's preaching it's a very caring um message and it comes across that he he is passionate about who he's preaching to the message can't be given with a with a with a haughty or or, or wrong or wrong attitude or it won't be accepted and it seems like peter just has this has this down um the way the the, the delivery of the gospel he has that down yeah and that really just it really speaks to me and i think it's a really um powerful message and powerful delivery it's straightforward and compassionate right he's yeah he's he's kind of striking the balance of those two right funny story uh, recently i was working on this project we're working on a new cd project coming up here over january but we did some preparation stuff on it and i'm working on this song and it's talking about fleeing idolatry and this is one of the peter's messages because he was surrounded by an idolatrous culture and 
he's calling people to leave idolatry. But anyway, I was working on this song and uh, one of the end parts goes, you gotta flee, flee, flee idolatry. You gotta flee, flee, flee idolatry. So I was at the house singing this song. Of the CD there. <laughs> I, I was uh, singing this song at the house and, and uh, my daughter, Yael, she said, what are you saying? Uh, are you saying to flee the Dollar Tree? She thought that I was saying, you gotta flee, flee, flee that Dollar Tree. You gotta flee. And I was like, no, no, that's not what I was saying. But it was just funny to me. That's what she thought I was saying. And it actually inspired me. I started uh, actually putting verses to this whole song you know about the dollar tree He's like when you step through the door you'll be looking for more of that earthworm killing <laughs> landfill filling poisoning but anyway that that song actually won't be on the cd but um i got a kick out of that <laughs> gotta flee the dollar tree but no no peter he's calling people to flee idolatry we see in acts three nineteen, repent then and turn to god so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the lord repenting. You know, he's, he's calling people to repent. We got, uh, first Peter one thirteen. therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Yeshua Messiah as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you as holy, you also be holy mm -hmm. in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. He keeps on coming back to this. Be holy. It says uh, in First Peter two eleven, beloved, I beg you. Here again, he's pleading. I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. And then, lastly, here First Peter five eight, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So over and over again, Peter right. keeps on calling people to holiness. I think he he's speaking out of experience. He knows, mm -hmm. it seems that he, what, we don't know to what degree or what sins he was practicing, but to some degree, he said, I'm a sinful man. And he realized he needed redemption. He needed forgiveness, that cleansing. And then he, so he makes this switch in his life and he, then he starts calling people to holiness. Right. And there again, um, you have that as a sojourner, as sojourners and pilgrims that, right. that recognizing and that calling um, to to come out to be right to be set out set apart yeah yeah so that's our encouragement for you today for those out there listening is to realize that yes we're surrounded by a modern day Decapolis you know the, Peter had the Decapolis of his generation the pagan cities all around him and he chose to not participate in those idolatries and all the immorality and things that were going on there. We face our own today. We have, there's cities around us, there's groups around us that are participating in lawlessness and all sorts of evil things, but we wanna beg you, we wanna plead with you that that is not God's way, it's not the joy, there's no joy in it, there's no the lasting refreshing. joy. <laughs> yeah, there, Peter talks about the refreshing from the presence of the Lord. It's not in that life, and God is calling us to walk in holiness, to walk in set-apartness, and so we just, we bless you today to follow that path. It is the path of life. It is the path of freedom. That's what Yeshua desires for us. He came, he gave us an example, and this is what this is what he wants for us, abundance of life. Amen. He came yeah. that we might have life and life abundantly, abundantly. Yeah. and that life is found as we live completely for him. And so we'll leave you with this, uh, with the song that I started out with. This is a song from 1 Peter, and it talks about being fruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Yeshua. 
And this is, this is our prayer for you, that you would be fruitful in the knowledge of who he is, that you would find that abundant life in him. So blessings to you. It's the voice of my beloved podcast. We got uh, thankful to have Boaz on here today and uh, may you be Good. greatly blessed. Amen. Blessed day. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control. To self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. And if these things be in you and abound, you will be neither barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Yeshua Messiah. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control.